Okay, here we go. All right, sorry about the trouble, folks. It's, it's weird. Uh, I think SFR overrode the signal from Eurofolk Radio. I wasn't aware of it. And so I'm just starting all over again. And uh, I can see our stream is working and people in the chat room are finally hearing me. All right, very good. Okay, that just goes goes with the uh, along with the program. <laughs> Constant interruptions in the, the Eurofolk radio feed. Nothing unusual here. But I posted in the chat room the link to the article I'm doing tonight, the Israel Shamir Globalism is Jewish Supremacism and no truer words have ever been spoken. This is from Masano News, which uh, sounds like a takeoff on Messiah. <laughs> Messiah News, but it's Masano News. And Judaism seeks to replace God. Man, uh, it's it's wonderful to hear such truthful statements twice in a row. <laughs> Globalism is Jewish supremacism, and Judaism seeks to replace God. Wow. And here, this is what the scamdemic vaccines agenda, quote-unquote, vaccines agenda 2030 and the New World Order are all about. Man, he should be a broadcaster on Eurofolk Radio. (laughs) Okay, a quote apparently from this book. I think the title of the book is Globalism is Jewish Supremacism. Anyway, it is possible there are no or almost no Jews who fully understand what the Jews want. No, they they themselves don't know what they want. But they do know they want to rule the world. Anything else is uh, less than satisfactory. Shamir writes, in the Jewish globalist paradigm, quote, Israel wants to unite the world under her supposedly spiritual guidance. The temple of God is to be located in Jerusalem. The center of this Jewish-ordered universe and all nations will bring their tribute to it. The nations will worship God by serving Ishrahel. Shamir says the deification of the Jewish people requires that people have no other God but material gain and sensual pleasure. That describes all the Jews I have known in my lifetime. And the article here is by Henry Macau, Ph.D. Israel Shamir's new collection of essays, Pardus, contains a prescient and shocking warning to Jews and to humanity as a whole. Judaism wants to make the Jewish people the intermediary between God and man, replacing Christ, says Shamir, an Israeli Jew who converted to Christianity. Okay, well, uh, your folk radio has been saying this for, what, uh, since 2014. When this article was written. So they're catching up to us. Essentially, he says, the Jews want to be God. Don't you know? Oh, I love it when our theology is confirmed. Okay, still no... Okay, sorry. I scrolled up too far. Okay. I love it when our theology and our reporting is confirmed, even by Jews. Okay, let's continue. Now here... Uh, is a quote from Nahum Goldman, who was part of the, uh, I think he was part of the Basel, Switzerland uh, committee, Jewish committee, 
that uh, wrote the wrote the uh, the uh, elders of Zion uh, message. Okay, but anyway, let's just quote it. The historical mission of our world revolution is to rearrange a new culture of humanity to replace the previous social system. Yeah, rearrange. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 we're going to like that. This conversion and reorganization of global society require. Why not the universe? Why don't you rearrange the entire universe? Requires two essential steps. Firstly, the destruction of the old established order. Now, last week I did a show about what is the third woe. And the timing of this uh, this message is 1915. The third woe is the destruction of the Holy Roman Empire and the Christian nations of Europe, all virtually at the same time during World War One. A couple of hung out and you know, lasted through World War Two, but they those nations, those kingdoms, all of whom were their families descended from King David, have been you know, destroyed totally or simply turned into facades of kingdoms where the the ruling class, even though they might be pure-blooded, are simply doing the will of the Jews. So the third woe is from the collapse of the Holy Roman Empire. That's the Second Reich. Hitler tried to establish a Third Reich, which was also overthrown by the Jews, but there will be a Fourth Reich. There will be a Fourth Reich, and it will not be Jewish. I guarantee you, it will not be Jewish. So let's continue. This conversion and reorganization of global society requires two essential steps. Firstly, the destruction of the old established order, which they have succeeded in doing. We're in the third woe now. They destroyed the Second Reich. And secondly, design and imposition of the new world order. Okay, new, I mean imposition, right? Design and imposition, it's not, they're not going to give us a choice. The first stage requires eliminate you will... <laughs> You will have you will own nothing and like it. The first stage requires elimination of all frontier borders. That's what the United Nations is for. Nationhood and culture, public policy, ethical barriers and social definitions. Only then can the destroyed old system elements be replaced by the imposed system elements of our new order. So they just you know they've been using the word new order or the expression and then they just added world to make sure everybody gets the point. New world order. We want to impose our system on the whole world. It's not just talk, folks. We want to make this a reality by imposing it upon you. The The first task of our world revolution is destruction. Nahum Goldman, founder of World Jewish Congress, Spirit of... Militarism, 1915. It might as well be titled The Spirit of Militarism and Materialism because that's what Judaism is. Judaism is materialism 
and militarism. And that's what we're having having to fight against. All right, let's continue. Ha! The Jewish Holocaust, uh, this is Shamir now again, or, or might, might be, um, hold on, who is the exact author here? Yeah, it might be a Macau here. The Jewish Holocaust replaces Christ's passion. That's why it takes precedent over the 60 million people, who, the other 60 million people who died in World War II. And it was way more than that. Way more than that because, well, I guess if you count uh, Bolshevism, 100 million people slaughtered by Bolshevism, uh, but that took two world wars that occurred over these two world wars. Quote, it is possible there are no or almost no Jews who fully understand what the Jews want, Shamir writes. Yeah, well, all they know is that they want to rule the world and they want to destroy the Goyim. The term the Jews refers to individual Jews in the same way that the Catholic Church is related to an individual Catholic or a beehive to a bee. There is no subjective personal guilt associated with individual Jews unless their specific actions or inaction are criminal or sinful per se. Well, they don't consider it criminal or sinful if uh, being judged by the goyim. And and even their own rabbis will tell them anything you do on behalf of the tribe is not a crime. So essentially there is nothing sinful or criminal in Judaism. Thus, the discourse discourse should help an individual to decide whether he wants to be a Jew or not. (laughs) Well, most of them really don't have much choice. And even those Jews who want to leave Judaism are... Uh, considered persona non grata, spat upon, kicked out of Jewish society, and they may have a hard time integrating in Goy society when this happens to them. But uh, it is what it is. So if you're born Jewish and you don't like being a Jew, you're going to have a hard time. You're going to have a hard time either way. Because if you're not one of the upper-class Oberjuden you're, you're going to be doing what they want. And it's kind of like trickle-down uh, dictatorship. The little Jew gets his or her jollies by killing, killing innocent children and teenagers, old men and women, etc. That's how the teenage Jews get their jollies. Okay. So anyway, this is, this is Judaism. And a straightforward talk by two Jews here, Israel Shamir and, and uh, what's his name again? Henry Macau. Israel Shamir and Henry Macau. I don't think there's ever been so much truth spoken by two Jews in history, folks. All right. In the Jewish globalist paradigm, quote, Israel wants to unite the world order under her spiritual guidance. Well, there's no such thing as a spiritual Jew. Under their political guidance, the temple of God is to be located in Jerusalem, the center of this Jewish ordered universe, and all, yeah, well, there's a universe, yeah, there you go. And all nations will bring their tribute to it. We'll see about that. The nations will worship God by serving Kaikistan. All right. 
Shamir said the deification of the Jewish people requires that people have no other God but material gain and sensual pleasure. And, of course, the Noahide laws. Quote, in the Jewish reading, the exclusive sacrality, (laughs) never heard that word before, sacredness of Jerusalem and of Kykistan calls for the desacralization, he says, of the nations and the rest of the world. Yeah, well, nothing is sacred to the Jew. There will be no churches, nor mosques, no Christian or Muslim priests. The world will become a profane desert populated by profane beasts, the nations, the goyim, and their shepherds, the Jews. Page 73. Quote, it begins with small things, colon, Removal of religious, that is, Christian religious signs from schools and public places. But our souls interpret this surrender of spirit as a proof of Jewish victory. The Jewish universe is being built brick by brick, and one of its signs is the lowering of the educational and spiritual life of the Gentiles. American films degrade their viewers. There you go. For total victory of the Jewish spirit will be reached... Only when deliberate, de- debilitated, illiterate goy will thankfully lick a Jewish hand like a dog and bless him for his guidance. Well, our people have been doing that to blacks. Uh, our subjected people have been doing that to blacks already. Well, they'll see that that black is actually a Jew in disguise. Shamir notes that the U.S., which is as Jewish as Italy is Catholic, has banned mention of Allah and the Koran in the schools of occupied Iraq. Interesting. Okay. Wasn't aware of that. Shamir was born in Russia and was a successful author and translator before immigrating to Israel in 1969. He became a foreign correspondent and covered the Vietnam War. He served in an elite Israeli paratroop brigade in the 1973 war and is an outspoken opponent of the occupation. He believes Kyrgyzstan and Palestine should become one democratic country and Israelis should assimilate with their Palestinian neighbors. That's not going to happen. Shamir compares ordinary Jews with foot soldiers who do not know their general's grand plan. Yeah, that's why I'm calling this episode the master plan, the master Jewish plan. The generals are organized Jewry in its many forms. In another essay, Zeno's Arrow, he says, quote, the belligerent party is probably the Jewish polity, world Jewry, the carrier of the spirit of Judaic supremacy, despite their plurality of opinions. Yeah, we disagree with one another, but we all are together in hating you, Logoi. Shamir's blind spots, the Illuminati, communism. Israel Shamir is an eloquent writer with a breadth of experience and vision. So here we have a, I guess we're going to get an example of two Jews disagreeing with each other here. Let's see, which Jew are we going to agree with most? Israel Shamir is an eloquent writer with a breadth of experience and vision. He has crystallized the Jewish problem and put his finger on the cause of anti-Judaism, 
i.e. the notion of a chosen people charged with building a materialist utopia, not from the Bible, of course, we know that. They're not you know, focusing on the Bible at all. The Talmud has nothing to do with the Bible. It's all pretense. Ultimately, at the expense of all other nations, races, and religions, and cats and dogs, he recognizes that this elitist philosophy is suited to any neo-feudal hierarchy, but he fails to identify the real generals. Okay, who are they? I think we can all guess. Anyway, his aversion to the idea of an Illuminati conspiracy prevents him from recognizing that the Jewish polity is itself an instrument in a larger game. Okay, well, well, but, but still, the Jews control that. The Jews control the Illuminati. So maybe Israel Shamir is a bit short-sighted. Uh, and our author here is actually correct. Henry Macau is correct, but uh, the Illuminati is controlled by the Jews, not vice versa. If that's what he's going to argue, I would disagree with that. All right, so let's continue. Okay, he has crystallized the Jewish problem and put his finger on the cause of anti-Judaism, but does not recognize the Illuminati. Okay, Jewish or Israeli power derives from that of the London-based central bankers and their Rockefeller, CFR, CIA, U.S. subsidiary, Jewish humanism, is a Trojan horse for the construction of 1984. I like that because I'm, I'm rewriting my book on the 95 Theses, and I just entitled it the Jewish Trojan Horse, okay? Which it is. It is a Jewish Trojan Horse. I'm going to save this and use it as an introductory uh, quotation here. Okay, now wait a minute. This is an ad. I'm not going to talk about Mr. Clean. Quote, Zionism is but an incident of a far-reaching plan, unquote, Louis Marshall, an American Zionist leader and counsel for bankers, Kuhn Loeb wrote in 1917. It is merely a convenient peg on which to hang a powerful weapon. And boy, the weapons are getting more and more powerful as we speak. The Jewish messianic spirit, which means the Jews are their own messiah, is a powerful weapon in the establishment of the new world order, a totalitarian world government run in the interest of what the Protocols of Zion call an aristocracy of the rich. On the ruins of natural and hereditary aristocracy, again, this is the third woe, we built an aristocracy of our own on a plutocratic basis. We established this new aristocracy on wealth, of which we had control on, and on science promoted by our scholars. Notice the emphasis is on wealth, not race or religion. Okay, well, it's still by the Jewish people. It's still ethnic. The Protocols of Zion is Illuminati Jewish, not ordinary Jewish. I have suggested elsewhere that the mainspring of the New World Order is the desire of central bankers to translate their control of credit into world institutions of political, social, and spiritual control, all forms of control. But, so the question arises, is the average Jew aware of the Illuminati or not? It's quite possible that they are not. 
and there's no reason why the Illuminati would reveal to the lesser brethren their you know, master plan. There's no reason why they would do that or should do that, certainly from their perspective, because they wouldn't want the, the lesser brethren to be spilling the beans, right? Okay, you loudmouth Jew, don't, don't tell the Goyim what we're getting ready to do. The enslavement of humanity requires the destruction of all collective forces except our own nations, race, religion, and family. Neoliberalism, which Shamir says embodies the Jewish spirit, achieves these goals under banners such as the marketplace, feminism, diversity, and multiculturalism. Of course, it's not diverse. (laughs) It is multicultural, but that's because the Jews are already multicultural. They're already feminists. They're in a Kabbalah. They worship a goddess. Okay, so feminism comes from Judaism. And, of course, the marketplace is Jewish. Continuing, although most central bankers are racially Jewish, they belong to a Luciferian sect known as the Sabbatean Frankists that actually hates the Jewish people and plots their ultimate destruction. I wouldn't go that far. They need the uh, Jewish people as shock troops. Now, maybe uh, Frank, I think it's Sabbatai Frank, I think was his name. Uh, Maybe he despised the lesser brethren even more than the current crop of Illuminists do. But uh, no, they, they need the lesser brethren to act as shock troops and sacrificial pawns in whatever game they're playing So they're not going to get rid of the uh, lesser brethren. I don't see that at all. Svali, a former Illuminati trainer, said, I have always wondered why some of the highest-ranking financial families in the group, Baron Rothschild of France, is one of the 13 European lords or kings that run the group in Europe and sits on the World Council. So why some of the highest-ranking financial families in the group are Jewish Yet the group espouses hatred of their own race. Well, it's just an act. You know, they, they promote anti-Judaism because otherwise it would, there wouldn't be any. <laughs> right? The vast majority of Christians are, are so zombie-like and so ignorant and unaware uh, of Jewish operations in the world that there wouldn't be any anti-Judaism in the world unless the Jews themselves provoked it. That's what's really going on. Anyway, he says, the Sabbateans are behind Zionism, communism, and Nazism, he says. Oh yeah, well, like those Jewish Nazis in Ukraine. Right? The Jewish-sponsored Nazis. And are responsible for war and for the Jewish Holocaust. There was no Jewish Holocaust. They removed the Ten Commandments as well as reference to Christ from public places. Yes, and I can guarantee that because I've been like to, in Chicago, I was in a public library. And they do not have a Christmas crush out front. But when you go inside the building, usually in a corner somewhere, they will have a menorah and maybe even a Star of David somewhere in or even outside the library. Okay, they're they're very bold. And of course, you have that at the White House. You have a Jewish menorah, but no Christian crush. They make the Jewish people their instruments and eventually their scapegoats. Yeah, they're totally brainwashed. There's no doubt that all lesser brethren are totally brainwashed with supremacism. 
Take Eugene Meyer, for example. He was a chairman. He was chairman of the Federal Reserve and president of the World Bank. His family owned the Washington Post Company. He was born Jewish, but he married a German Lutheran and raised his children as Episcopalians. Now, you know that's just a front. That's just a front. You know, Rockefeller, uh, John D. Rockefeller, carried a Bible to church, but he was not a Christian, right? He, he was just putting on an act. The Sabbateans are part of the Illuminati, the top rung of Freemasonry devoted to enthroning Lucifer as God. Now, maybe our author here is trying to differentiate, trying to argue that, oh, the Jewish people aren't so bad. It's because they're being manipulated by the Illuminati that they're so bad. But no, the Jewish people are Talmudists. And the Talmud is just as bad as the Illuminati. Jewish supremacism filters down to the dumbest little Jew. Jewish supremacism filters down to the dumbest little Jew, Mr. Macau. Luciferianism, he says, suits elitists because it denies the existence of a natural design and absolute standards of justice, truth, and morality. Instead, it preaches atheism and decadence under the disguise of personal freedom. Well, so does Judaism, right? You just described Judaism, Mr. Macau. Essentially, it is a case of who will people obey and serve, God or Lucifer, God or the Jews. If they believe in God, then they follow a healthy spiritual and moral design. If they believe in Lucifer, they are, they are God, and they can do whatever they wish. Quote, do what thy wilt is their motto, governed by self-interest. They are easy to control. Well, yeah, as selfish people and uh, crazy people are easy to control, you know, if you have guns to control them. When they get out of control, they'll riot and, uh, you know, te- tear your place up. So you have to be careful. It's a dangerous game. As Masonic revolutionary Giuseppe Massini said, we corrupt in order to rule. There you go. Couldn't have said that better myself. Ultimately, the Luciferian plan is to enslave the masses, and we are nigh, (laughs) nigh, well, enslaved. Conclusion. In 1871, Albert Pike, not a Jew, but he was ahead of the Illuminati, world Illuminati at this time, and head of Freemasonry at the same time. The grand commander of Freemasonry foretold three world wars designed to bring about Illuminati hegemony. The third war will be between political Zionism and the forces of Islam and result in the destruction of both. Uh, No, the way I read that was the third world war would be between Islam and Christianity with Zionism coming out on top. So I think he's got that wrong. Anyway, can anyone deny that the stage is being set for such a conflagration with Russia, Iran, and China opposed to the U.S., the EU, and Kyrgyzstan? No, they're not. China and Iran, well, maybe Iran, but not China. China needs our markets in order to survive. Judaism, as well as as Christianity and Islam and many nations 
have been subverted by the Illuminati, no doubt about that. Our idealism has been tricked and misdirected. Some time ago, many of the richest and most powerful men joined a cult dedicated to evil. Humanity is the victim of an occult conspiracy of monstrous proportions. Shamir's warning to the Jews applies to all nations. Are we Luciferians? Well, most people are, and they don't even know it. Are we pawns sacrificed in a game designed to enshrine Lucifer as ruler of the world? Yes, we are. It's time we stopped listening to the generals and started obeying our conscience. I conclude with Israel Shamir's prophetic words. Quote, The New World Order is, in religious terms, the beginning of the kingdom of the Antichrist. Well, no, the Antichrist is, <laughs> has already been established. It was established when they executed our Messiah, Yahshua Messiah. Based on the removal of our all spiritual elements from our life. In practical terms, it is an ambitious attempt at the total enslavement of man. Okay? So, we have two Jews agreeing that Judaism is out to destroy the Goyim. Very good. How often is it that you get these kinds of admissions from the perfidious Jew? <laughs> Very rare. Is it not? Extremely rare. Okay. Okay, so with about 15 minutes left, I've got another article along the same lines. Let me... Yeah, and this uh, this article implies, as I have been implying lately, that the Jews are in trouble. They have they're, they've begun to overreach, and there's no way, there's no way they can keep control of the planet with all of the stupid stuff that they're doing. And this is global research. The unipolar world, which is, of course, what they want. Okay, and it's a review of, it looks like a book written in Chinese by Professor, oh, wait a minute, by Professor Kiel Chung. I guess the review is also by a man named Chung, Professor Joseph H. Chung. Okay, December 25th, 2023. Merry Christmas, y'all. All global research articles can be read in 51 languages. That's that's nice. Okay. So, let's get into this article. English translation. from Okay, from the Korean. End of 500-year domination of the West's unipolar world and creation of anti-imperialist and self-determined multipolar world of the 21st century by Professor Kiel Chung. Introduction. To begin with, I congratulate the author of the book, Professor Kiel Chung, for his dedication, his courage, his passion, and his wisdom, allowing him to produce such a great book, which is greatly needed in the present troubled world. And it is a great pleasure for me to review this book. This is a great book of 555 pages, rich in contents. It better be for 555 pages, important for its messages and inspiring for its peace-loving people in the world. It is written in Korean, and some parts are written in highly scholarly language. It is possible that in my review I may not be able to reflect fully the intellectual and even emotional impact of the book. The book tells us how the West was ruled the Third World, 
the non-West world, for 500 years through the slave trade, destruction of civilians, stealing of natural resources, genocide, unforgivable human rights violations, and other crimes against humanity. Now, again, I object to this idea that it's the West, because this uh, drive toward imperialism was always financed by Jew bankers. So I would call it Oriental, because the Jews are an Oriental people, or Khazars, and even the Jews in uh, Kyrgyzstan uh, originated in Babylon, so it's an Oriental empire, can't be blamed on the West. Although, you know, a lot of groups in the West, various Illuminati groups and other secret societies, joined the Jews in this enterprise of domination over primarily markets, and if you can control markets, you can control nations, okay? If you can control markets, you can control nations. It's virtually the same thing, okay? The book tells us how the deep state was formed and how it's, or it is organized and how it has been oppressing and exploiting people through the neocon financial and military might of the U.S. And, of course, the... the Daniel tells us that the Jew will wear out the saints. And boy, he wore out Europe. He wore out Great Britain. He wore out Germany. He's wearing out America. He's wearing out Canada. Wearing out Australia. The saints are being worn out by international Judaism as we speak. The book tells us how the third world begins to fight back to free itself from the West domination and construct a multipolar world where countries are coexisting through mutual respect, co-prosperity, and co-security. I have no problem with that. I'm not an opponent of nationalism. Let the blacks go back to Africa. Let the Orientals go back to the Orient. Let the Muslims live in their countries. Let the Christians live in our countries, etc., etc., but, of course, d- dominion was given to Adamkind. And that's the way it's going to work out. Let's continue. The book focuses on the heroic global leadership of King Jong-un. Really? <laughs> okay. Vladimir Putin, Xi Jinping, and Donald Trump. Oh. Oh, the four horsemen of the apocalypse. <laughs> For the creation of a multipolar world. No. No, no, no. That's not going to happen. Okay, so the Jews and communists have been working together already. What makes you think that uh, the communists, in, in conjunction with phony Christians and phony capitalists, is going to do any better? Anyway, it could, you, know, you, know, you can't expect a Korean guy to really understand what this is all about and that Donald Trump is nothing but a Jew stooge. Putin may be trying to free himself of Rothschild hegemony. Maybe. But I'm not convinced. And certainly Korea and China are also nations created by the Jews. So there's no way that they're going to... Now, now it's possible that Obadiah will come into play here where the nations that were formerly united with Edom 
will rebel against Edom once and for all. I don't see that happening just yet. I think the world economic power of the Rothschilds must fall first. I doubt that uh, the BRICS nations have enough economic clout to do so yet. This might take several years, but you never know what could happen because the Rothschild hegemony over the world economy, something could happen that will shake that up. You know, something unexpected, a mistake that they make themselves, or, you know, maybe somebody could blow up all the Jewish banks in the world. (laughs) Or it could be a hacker. It could be as simple as a hacker messing up all their computers. They're great computers. Maybe that's what that movie by, uh, that was all about, uh, 2001, A Space Odyssey. That great computer that uh, I be him. (laughs) Hal. Hal is just uh, the letters IBM moved down the alphabet. IBM becomes H-A-L. All right, he substituted the I with an A. Anyway, uh, so, uh, yeah, actually, he moved up. uh, H-A-L, IBM, okay. So, and that that monolith on whatever planet it was, uh, I think, symbolizes the death of that civilization, so-called, okay. Well, it's going to die. We know that. It's going to die. And we Israelites are going to pick up the pieces after it dies. So anyway, he says the failing, chapter one is the failing of the unipolar force and the rising of the multipolar force. I wonder where BRICS comes in. Anyway, uh, chapter two, Ukraine one. Chapter three, Ukraine two. Chapter four, Afghanistan. Chapter five, Kazakhstan. Uh... Chapter 6, Trump Reinterpretation or Reillumination? You think so? Chapter 7, Koreans in Japan. Chapter 8, Global Peace Forum in Korea, on Korea, in Korea, and the U.S. Okay, well, the power of the Rothschilds has to be broken before any such counter, let's call it counter-Rothschild activity can succeed, there's no doubt that the power of the Rothschild must be broken. Now, I can see that it could be scattered among the various banks. If the Rothschild Bank of England fails, which I don't see because they can create money, what I think what's going to happen is what we're seeing now, more of the same, namely a global hyperinflation that will eventually d- destroy the, the economy of the planet. But in the meantime, they're going to be employing all these stopgap measures to keep the system running. And, of course, uh, central bank digital currency is one of those. One of those. Uh, and we don't know how well that's going to work. It's not going to work well, in my opinion. It's, uh, but it may not fail entirely. Yeah, because the fact of the matter is, They have to keep their global corporations running. They have to keep their military factories running. They have to keep oil and gas and energy running, okay? Because if those things totally collapse, then they're out of business too. 
So they ha this has to be a controlled demolition of global society, a controlled demolition. And something, I'm telling you folks, something is going to go wrong. An unexpected development that they have no control over is going to happen and they are going to fall as a result. Now, it could be something like uh, a meteor or because you know, the Bible predicts that uh, there will be a great rock from the sky that will crash into the sea and uh, that could create all kinds of tidal waves and New York City and London will get wiped off the face of the earth. Okay? There could be a, uh, a solar prominence a gigantic flare that will wipe out all electronics on the face of the earth. Okay? Yahweh has a few tricks up his sleeve. These events were prophesied in the book of Revelation. So anything can happen. And when those two things happen, then we know that the end is upon us. We will know that the end is upon us. So, But all these wars and rumors of wars that Yahshua Messiah predicted... In the book of Matthew, they're already here. They're already here. The uh, mark of the beast is here. By the way, if you haven't watched the uh, video between Stu Peters and Brian Arden, artist Brian Artis, about uh, snake venom and uh, the, the COVID-19, you really ought to watch that. That's an outstanding interview. Showing that again, that uh, caragma, which is a viper's bite, relates to snake venom. So, really good stuff by those two guys. And by the way, Stu Peters is just, he's talking Jew, Jew, Jew. He's exposing the Jews all over the place. He did an interview with uh, Alex Jones, and he just blew Jones out of the way. He was make, Jones was making apologies for Jews, and Stu Peters was saying no. It's the Jews, Alex. It's the Jews. Okay. So, the world is turning against them. And this could be another factor the Jews have counted on. The extent to which the world turns against them. And, how should I put this? Sabotage. The sabotaging of the Jew world order, which they hadn't planned for. And they're already doing this in Africa. Africans are cutting down their... Uh, radio wave towers, and you know, I don't know if they're made out of wood in Africa. Uh, they're made out of metal here, but uh, if you got a nice, good enough laser, <laughs> if you got a good enough laser, you can cut through that metal like butter. Okay, so anything's possible, and uh, anything will happen. Whatever is possible will happen. Okay, it will happen. And, and of course, the other possibility is the Jews will fall into fighting amongst themselves. They will fall into fighting amongst themselves. And with that will happen too. Okay, so looking at it from that perspective, uh, it, it's going to fall. It's going to fail. And the book of Revelation, chapter 18, tells us it will fail. Babylon is fallen, is fallen. It's fallen twice because Babylon, ancient Babylon, was the third beast. 
Mystery Babylon is the eighth beast, and the, the third beast fell already, and the eighth beast is getting ready to fall as we speak. So this is going to get very interesting, folks. All I, all I can tell you is keep obeying Yahweh's laws, and you will be safe in this crazy, crazy blown-up world. And it's going to blow up again. Uh, I think it's the book of Isaiah that says that we will be like five months burying the dead. The Israelites who survived this will spend five months burying the dead. And so if that's the case, now is that before the wedding feast of the Lamb or after? <laughs> okay. I hope it's I hope it's not before, but it might be before. So that'll be part of uh, our test, our uh, you know pass you pass fail grade you get. You either get into the kingdom, or you don't. John chapter 15, Yahshua says every Israelite will either be resurrected unto eternal damnation, or unto eternal life. So take your pick. Obey Yahweh's laws. And you will get eternal life. It's just as simple as that. All right, folks, thanks for listening. Praise Yahweh, pass the ammunition. Get ready for fireworks. Get ready for fireworks. Bye-bye. Free people will never remain free if they are not willing, if need be, to fight for their vital interests. In this present crisis, government is not the solution to our problems. Government is the problem. Praise Yahweh and pass the ammunition. The Restoration Hour with 